In a little more than 100 days since Ken Sim took over as mayor in Vancouver, there's a lot to talk about. And sure, some federal leaders think Vancouver is, quote, hell on earth. Well, what about revitalizing different neighborhoods? What about boosting mental health supports? Well, to talk about all that and more, we are joined now by Mayor Ken Sim. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Sumi. Thanks for having me this morning. How does it feel to have that 100 days done? Um, you know, it felt like three days and it felt like 300. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a lot going on, but it, it, it was great. When you look at that now, are, is there something you're most proud of doing? Like the, what, what do you think you got the done that you're most proud of in that hundred days? Um, well, it, it's not just me. Um, I, I want to be very clear. We have an amazing team of counselors, park board and school board, um, elected officials and everyone at the city. And so I think the greatest thing was just getting to know everyone and working together and dealing with a lot of the challenges that we have in our city. Is the job what you thought it would be at this point? Um, it, you know, that's really hard to answer. Uh, you know, we had a, I guess at the end of the day, you can mail it in or you can really lean into it. And we chose to lean into it because, you know, at the end of the day, and I, I say this incredibly respectfully, it was never about being mayor of the city or a stepping stone to become a premier or prime minister. We just wanted to turn our city, um, well, move it in a different positive direction. And so, uh, it's been, you know, uh, effectively, you know, I'd like to say 24-7, but it's really, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. And, um, you know, there's just so much we can do in our city. So it's, uh, from that perspective, I guess it is what we thought it would be because we, you know, we choose to be there. Yeah, you talked a lot about returning kind of to a, a sense of optimism with all the challenges that the city is facing right now. How, how do you do that? How have you found that? Well, I, I think part of it is just having uh, authentic conversations with people and letting people know where we stand and, um, um, you know, painting a vision of how Vancouver can be the best city on the planet again and acknowledging our challenges. And we, we do have a lot of challenges, but at the end of the day, there are, you know, there are opportunities in disguise. And, um, you know, it's uh, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if, if we can paint the picture that Vancouver is a great place full of opportunity and we can be bold and we can be the best place on the planet, it, it really starts to change the conversation. Can we be bold? Absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's so many places to be bold. For example, and I know I'm going to get my knuckles wrapped on this, but I, I just think of, let's say, Gastown for uh, a second. Um, actually, you know what, why don't we start on um, a very pressing issue, you know, the, the challenges that we have in the downtown east side and surrounding communities, um, because, you know, I, I, I guess we, we can talk about swagger and fun all we want, but we do have a humanitarian crisis going on there. Um, so I'd like to chat about that first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think being bold and authentic, you know, when I was inaugurated, when we were inaugurated on November 7th, the first thing we did is we were incredibly honest with everyone and we said, look, uh, Vancouver alone cannot solve this challenge. We humble, humbly need help from the province and the federal government. And three days later, the provincial government, they stepped up and they said they're going to uh, oversee all the challenges that we have there, uh, which was a significant change because, uh you know, whenever you're doing anything, be it in any organization, if you have more than two people or two groups accountable for something, no one's accountable. And so that one structural change um, uh, allows us to be bold and really uh, tackle the challenge from a different perspective. Uh, on the fun side, uh, I, I think of, let's say, Gastown or the Granville Entertainment District in Gastown. And I, this is where I'm going to get my knuckles wrapped. Um, w w 
the the Gastown BIA, they're thinking of they they asked for seven um, uh, car free days, uh, like during a summer, and they got turned down. And uh, my uh, response uh, to this was, why are we thinking um, so small? Why don't we you know um, experiment, test it um, over a summer, and then actually. Um, have car-free uh, days uh, like every single day between uh, the May long weekend and the Labor Day long weekend. Um, you know, so we create this amazing um, place where people can meet and we have uh, street vendors and restaurants and art and nightlife and it creates a vibe in our city. Uh, that's, that's thinking bold. Okay, why, why would you say you were going to get your knuckles wrapped over that? Because I think a lot of people will go, well, that sounds like fun. You know, I, I think um, some individuals, and rightfully so, um, they they um, they're looking um, at the the challenges of that neighborhood. And you know, if we shut it down, you know, maybe you know, there's um, you know, we still have the challenges that we have around the downtown east side, the humanitarian crisis going on there, and people, uh, you know, vulnerable individuals that need a lot of help. Um, but I think we have to be bold and look beyond that. And do we need to um, address those challenges? Absolutely. But let's think of a, an amazing future state um, that works for everyone and get there as opposed to thinking about, you know, the, the reasons why we can't do something. How do you balance the ter- stuff in terms of, well, that's a provincial jurisdiction versus that's a city jurisdiction? Like you're getting involved in providing more mental health supports. And some people would argue, well, that's a provincial jurisdiction. At the same time, you know, you wanted to shut down the renter's office because you said that's being served by the province. So where is that line? Well, you know, I, I wish it was super simple, but you, once again, it goes uh, to being bold and you have to pick your spots. And so, like I said, we have a humanitarian crisis. We have been talking about it for, like, it seems like forever, but uh, about 30, 40 years. And we had to do something differently or nothing would have changed. And so we made the commitment. We said, okay, you know, regardless if this is a provincial jurisdiction or not, we have to try something differently. And if we prove out the, the case for it and it works, then we can go back to the province and show them how this is actually a great investment, not just for Vancouver, but throughout all the different cities that are uh, dealing that are dealing with these challenges. Uh, but let's get there first. When it comes to the renter's office, uh, that was uh, an empathetic uh, uh, operational decision. And so, to give you context, you know, in, in the media, um, it just comes out as we cut the renter's office. Well, what we actually did is we set up a group um, for success. Uh, we gave them a 13-year operating lease at basically $10 a year. Uh, we put in $1.2 million of leasehold improvements. Uh, they were asking for $500,000 in funding. We gave them $750,000 in funding. And all we said is, look, um, you know, the way it's currently structured, uh, there's a duplication of effort. And to give you context, uh, that renter's office was getting about a call a day. And so, um, you know, uh, we dealt with the situation where we made sure that they were set up for success. And over the long term, you know, uh, the prudent decision, um, both from an operating perspective, but also from a financial perspective, would be to um, have the um, other organizations that are already doing the work um, continue to do the work. So we really have to pick our spots um, where we're going to be bold and go outside of uh, our lines. How would you describe your leadership style? For instance, I'm thinking about this morning where there's expected to be snow in Vancouver. And, and you know, we always get complaints. I'm sure you do always get complaints about, you know, snow plows and plowing and all that. Are you the kind of person, the kind of leader who phones up and says, hey, are we making sure that we're good on this one? Like, I don't want to get complaints about snow plows and plowing. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I'm a servant leader, and I truly believe that we have amazing people at the City of Vancouver, our city manager, the, the entire leadership team is uh, phenomenal. Um, I, it's my job to make sure that they have, uh, you know, they understand where we want to, um, where the vision is, and I think we've been pretty clear where we want to um, take our city. Um, and then we make sure that they have the resources. So that conversation actually came up the first day in office because like every single other Vancouverite, we can see this from a mile away. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, you know, we had this conversation literally yeah. on October 17th or 18th. Uh, and, um, and our city, you know, the city manager and, and the entire crew, uh, they're absolutely phenomenal. They work on it uh, all the time. They think about it all year round. But I, I want to um, give uh, the city context here. We have limited resources. And so we could have amazing uh, service levels where we literally have streets plowed uh, and they're cleared every single minute of the day when it snows. We would just have to increase property taxes to an insane number. And so we, we have to you know, be prudent with our fiscal resources and realize that will it be perfect? Absolutely not. But uh, uh, as soon as the snow happens, we have a plan to um, plow all our main arterial roads. And I think 16 of the um, uh, most highly used uh, um, bike paths and pedestrian walkways and what have you. So the, there is actually a pretty uh, robust plan um, uh, to deal with the, the snow plowing. You just, but you know, as being mayor of Vancouver, you just know that's going to come up at some point, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll take the shots. And that's where authenticity comes in. We just tell, uh, we share with people, um, the, you know, what we have to deal with and, um, you know, the limited resources we have. And so we, there's a balance between affordability, um, you know, um, you know uh, reducing expenses with uh, service levels and yeah. um we, we share with the city, this is the call we're making. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but I think, uh, you know, for the most part, um, you know, you, once you uh, get past the frustrations of, uh, you know, the mobility may be a little limited for a day or two, I think people would appreciate that um, because the trade-off would be a significant increase in property taxes that actually uh, affect, uh, you know, the cost of everything we buy in the city because uh, vendors, uh, businesses have to pass it on to their consumers as well. And, you know, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Well, before I let you go then, and you brought up property taxes there, I have to ask you, we're seeing all these headlines from other communities and huge property tax increases. What is Vancouver facing? Uh, yeah, we're still going through those numbers right now. But once again, um, clear like to be incredibly transparent. We're dealing with... Um, you know, the same uh, challenges all the municipalities are dealing with, uh, be it um, incredibly high inflation and increasing labor costs. Uh, you add to that, uh, we were left with an empty reserve fund um, um, during the pandemic. And we have a half billion dollar a year infrastructure deficit that was neglected. Um, you know, um, um, I, look, I, we're not trying to litigate the past year. And um, previous, uh, you know, administrations have not been investing in capital replacement. And that's a significant issue because, you know, I, I, I don't know how I put this, but, you know, if we don't deal with this, you know, there could be a situation where some of the toilets or a lot of the toilets in the city do not flush in 20 years. And so I think bringing that transparency and just having those real conversations with the residents of Vancouver so they understand um, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I think is, you know, the first step in, um, you know, um, making the city a better place and people understanding uh, why their elected officials do what they do. 
All right. Well, I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks so much for being on. Great. Thank you very much for having me.